into the party wagon and hold on to your pizza. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Epic Tales from the Sewers podcast. I am your host, Justin, and I am here with a very special guest today. My guest today is an artist of the uh, upcoming comic Bounty Bullfrog. Right, he is a uh, cover artist of one of the variants for the Last Ronin issue number one, and the uh, special variant of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number ninety-nine. Mr. Jason Flowers, how are you? Good. Thanks for having me. And uh, hopefully, did I get everything right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, all right. Good. <laughs> I also, um, we'll be doing a new variant for issue five. So. Oh no, kidding! Yeah, that's yeah. fantastic. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for that. We, I've been holding on to that one since issue one, and I'm like, ah. So, so here's here's the thing. Are you in the same boat as the rest of us with the story? Like, do you have oh, yeah. any? So, so you have no clue. Okay. No clue. Like, I'm reading I've seen it. A couple I of people ask. who like who I feel bad when they they bring these guest artists on, and I've been on with a couple of them where. They'll like ask them like, so do you know what's gonna what what's gonna happen? And and they're just like, uh, well, you know, like, yep. And you see them faking it, but I'm gonna be straight honest with you. We we all know nothing. Like, yeah. The people that know are the people drawing this right now. And, and that is why we're waiting to ask Mr. Ben Bishop to come on. Right. He did. He did a. Uh, we we just did an episode that was a preview. Our our second to last episode was a preview of um of the third issue, which was just released and all that. So you know, I specifically talked to him and said let's not get you on until afterwards that way you don't have to worry about what you can or can't say right. and then it's like you know because he said he's like well i feel weird if i come on and i can't say anything i'm like i get it you know so because yeah of course you're gonna have all those questions that you oh, yeah. answered and you can't be like you don't want to get him in trouble and he doesn't want to get himself in trouble it, so. exactly we, we don't want this to be another um you know what, what what's this uh spider-man um what, what's his name? The, the kid that plays Spider-Man. Oh, uh, Tom. Tom. Uh, yeah. Tom. Yep. Tom. Yeah. We don't, we don't want it to be like him. So, you know, n- nothing you can do about that. Yeah. But, but that's interesting. So um, are you reading the last Ronin? Yeah, of course. Of course. Okay. Good. Good. I don't, yeah, get, I don't get to read many comics these days because I'm, I'm so busy just making art, um, which is good, but bad at the same time. It's kind of weird. Like when you work in comics or you work making comics, you barely have time to actually read comics. So it's, um, I, I do try to make an effort to at least pick that up, especially with this fifth cover. I'm trying to do something different than just a normal, like strike a pose that you normally see on all the covers. So yeah. I'm trying to do something more integrated into what's going on with the story, but I'm oh, trying that's cool. to I'm trying to pay attention to who's alive, who's not, and, you know, like what characters are, are going to be in it. So that way I can kind of incorporate that into the, into the cover. I did. Um, I did get a chance to take a look at your uh, variant cover for issue number one, which I have not been able to get yet. And I mean, I have 15 or 16 different covers oh, and wow. I haven't been able to find that one yet. So, you know, um, I don't see many people with it and it kind yeah. of encourages me, but at the same time, um, so that's an Epicos comics shout out to Epicos comics. Oh, cool. Um, Epicos, uh, came to me last minute. We managed to get in last minute to get a cover. And with that, it was very limited. So I think there's like 400 copies. Oh, so yeah. And I, I'm hoping that since cons have opened it, we're going to yeah. start seeing them. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, they sold out immediately, and then I sold out probably the beginning of the year, and um, I think I have like maybe two to myself, so. 
now are you gonna are you gonna do something like are you gonna hold on to these and maybe get them graded um yeah yes and no this hearing hearing how grading is going right now with, with everything is kind of scaring me when i'm hearing like it's like a four-month turnaround or whatever i'm just kind yeah of like, it is dude i mean i i had one that i just sent out i haven't sent out any ronins yet for for this particular reason um i sent out i had a copy of uh batman adventures uh number 12 first appearance of harley quinn Okay. So and, and literally bought it covered price when it came out, sat in my collection forever. And I'm like, all right, well, you know, let me let me just see what I can do. And I had a friend um, shout out to Scott from uh, Chrome Comics. Uh, he's like, yeah, uh, you know, send it over to me and I'll get it sent out. Literally four months, like like you're saying, it, it had been four months almost to the day when I found oh. out what the grade was. Comes back, I'm like, man, I hope it comes back. Anything over a five would be cool. He yeah. sends it back. He's like, dude, it's an 8.5. I lost my mind. I'm like, I can't believe it. I'm like, it was just sitting there. But, you know, it was. Well, it was bagged eight and months. boarded or was it yeah. just oh, like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Bagged and boarded. I mean, I had the price sticker on it and all that. So it was like everything was fine. You know, it, it was just like I had literally bought it. And then, you know, I think I read it once. And then I, I put it in, in the, the box with the other Batman adventures and just sat there. So, yeah. But I was never a graded comic guy, but now it's like if you want to kind of have something in your your collection and it's like you're investing in these covers, you know, it just kind of makes sense. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I love them, but uh, I I do take stuff where like people come to me wanting to get like remarks and stuff and they're mm -hmm. like, hey, can you send this to CGC? I don't mind. Like, I'll do that. No problem. But um, personally, for my own collection, I haven't tried submitting anything since covid because yeah, of, yeah. Because it's it's super long. backed up yeah are but, you um what are you collecting then cuz you mentioned that it's it's tough to read right now but uh what um, what do you like to collect my my addiction exceeds per past uh comics so I, I love comics obviously um i'm more of like a dollar bin guy i'm always one of those guys that's always in the dollar bin ah a valiant fan yeah we can't do that right now <laughs> um i i was on a kick for a little while, like on eBay, looking for like image comic lots. I don't know, nice. what happened, but like mid mid 2020, I was just like, I need like the image comics from the 90s. And I just, I, need all dude, I did the same thing. So, I, I tried to find every comic that I could from one through uh, 28 of Wildcats. Yeah, that was not easy. Yeah, you know, yeah. and I'm like, all right, let me let me try this out. So, uh, and, and I was like, all right, I'm just going to read them all because I wanted to read like the Chris Claremont arc, and then I wanted to read the Alan Moore arc, and you know, it goes from um, from Jim Lee to Travis Charest, and, and, and I'm like, wow, this art got so much better. This is amazing. I'm like, <laughs> he just gets these characters, dude. Yeah. How do you do that over Jim Lee? But that he was, did. That was when yeah. Uh, uh, Alan was writing it. Was yeah, yeah, that was yeah. And, and they changed everything. They're like, okay, we're not on Earth anymore. The bad guy's dead, and we're going to take this and become some sort of geopolitical, you know, um, uh, statement against like uh, classes and stuff. And I'm like, all right, I'm in. It's cool, you know. You got. I mean, it's been years since I I read those, but I remember Travis was doing the backup stories near the end of Jim's run. Yeah. And then uh, they had that image crossover where all the different artists did different issues i think it was like issue 14 they did that yep yep because i Jim think we had some dragon i've been trying to track that one down 
Oh, that's a good one. I, yeah. I have to get issue, I want to say 32 and 33, which are the Hellboy crossover with Savage Dragon. Uh, I need to get yeah, that one. Good. Those are good. Man, th- um, that, that book is still going. It is. You know? it is. It's I amazing. A, I was an avid Savage Dragon reader when it was out, but, um, you know, 13-year-old boy, of course. Like, it was everything. It was like boobs and violence and action and it, it, that savage dragon was amazing like i haven't read it in years and when i talk to a couple of people who have kept up with it somehow uh it's like savage's son and and everything going on with him i don't even know what's going on I, i'm with you i i haven't really kept up on it the the image stuff that i read now i've i've been an avid reader of saga so up until they took their um their uh, hiatus so i love that um I'm trying to think of what else. I, I'm not not much into uh, some of the other stuff, but they've had some cool stuff. Um, Invincible, obviously, really really good book. And I think they did Luther Strode, which was like one of my absolute yeah. favorite stories. That I'm yeah, like I this. Reading, I was reading Justin Jordan on uh, Spread. Did you ever read Spread? No, no, I haven't. From and Justin Jordan, it's very like John Carpenter's The Thing. Ooh, very cool. It was very cool. They ended that. I think around 24, 25, something like that. So there's oh. like, yeah, there's like three or four volumes of it out. It's really good. I recommend it. Yeah, I, that that sounds great. Like that might be something that I um, I get into because I, I like their other work. You know? Yeah. It. Um, so are, do you go into the stuff like like Pit and the Max, or are oh, yeah. you looking at like well, Brigade and in the nineties? I was big on Max. Like I was oh, yeah. Wildcats. Um, some cyber force, um, never really got into young blood though. I do like Rob Liefeld stuff. Um, but yeah, really nice guy, by the way, just to put that out there, I met him and I didn't expect him to be as nice as he was. And the guy was friggin' just amazing. Which one? one? Uh, Liefeld. And and a lot of people give him a lot of shit and they're like, Oh, he doesn't draw feet and all he does, all the pouches and all that. Yeah. He leans into that now. And he can he can look at it and joke about himself and all that, but I, I look at it like, dude, you know, he got away with it, and he's he he's this kid. He was a kid drawing X Force, like this yeah. mind blowing. He was a kid drawing X Force. I still look at a lot of that X Force and New Mutant stuff and go, this was like a teenager drawing, like a nineteen year old made this, and this is just crazy to me. But yeah, and, and some of the stuff is not perfect, but it's like if you see like my favorite thing was he did the cover of Wolverine Saga number one or four or something like that, or the back cover of it, right? It's got like Wolverine like jumping and like there's like a million little drawn hairs on his body. I'm like, yeah, yeah, this yeah. was not rushed. This was like I'm trying to impress the people at Marvel and all that and do a really good job. And I'm like, this is awesome. Now, truth be told, I don't believe it shows feet. That is fair, but um, you know, it's he did such an awesome job, and it's so just dynamic. It's like he understands movement in comics. Yeah, so. yeah, I I still follow him. He did a, an issue like a issue of Shadowhawk. Mm. It was like Shadowhawk number zero or something, and it was awesome. Like it was it was very very impressive. But no, I, like I, I I'm big on, so I've been big on big on the like '90s comics and. Um, I still buy a lot of toys, unnecessary toys. So I did just find. So speaking of Wildcats, I did just find a voodoo figure in in right. um, and I think I bought Spartan at the same time. But um, I took I took voodoo out of the package. I, I had to. I'm like, what yeah. are you gonna do? I, um, I only found like I still have my Damonite, 
Nice. That's a good figure. Yeah, that was a good figure. Um, I think that was Kenner, not Kenner. No, uh, it's Playmates. Playmates, yeah. Yeah, the same as the as the turtles. So turtle stuff, yep. They thought they were going to hit it big. They had, um, I think at the time, they had Turtles, Wildcats, and Star Trek. So mm-hmm. that was the the big lines, the money makers that they had there. Yeah, I uh, I still try to collect some turtles, not not as much, um, but right now it's like a lot of the new Masters of the Universe stuffs come back, and like we were talking about earlier. So like I've been on like the hunt for that kind of stuff. So. Do you um, do you get a lot of commissions for for Master stuff? No, no, surprisingly, but uh, it is surprising. I don't, I don't really like. I haven't really shared my obsession with it. Tim, um, now Ben Templesmith who's like one of my favorite artists is um, doing a month long kind of masters of the universe character list. So every day he's, he's posting a new character from a list of drawings of, of masters of the universe characters. And it is amazing. Like that sounds really cool. He's rocking them all. Like it was, that's like when um, Mike Mignola was doing the um, he was doing like the Universal Monsters for a while. Yeah, it's like like everyone. So it's like, hey, here's Dracula. Here's Frankenstein. I'm like, oh, man, this is like the greatest thing ever. <laughs> and of course, you want them, but they're like going for like I think he was doing uh, it was like COVID relief, wasn't it? It was, it was like they were all went up on eBay for COVID. Relief. His, his stuff probably sells for just as much, if not more than Alex Ross's stuff. Yeah. Like yeah. it's, it's absurd because like, he's so in demand and all that too. It's like, everybody wants a manual. Like, okay. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's funny too, because you end up getting more negative space than character, but that's just his style. And it's like, that's this what I love. So and that's, that's oh, my yeah. style. Like I love negative space and like how people manipulate it. Like Frank Miller and Lee oh, yeah. and all those guys. Like I love seeing negative space in art and yeah. Magnolia is a master that well that, that's a good segue then what what got you into drawing comics and wanting to be a comic creator um well uh I, I grew up as a kid in daycare so i was i was always in daycare and i always was drawing and when i was like you know first second grade i still remember having like the teenage mutant Ninja turtles first volume that was like the colored volume mm-hmm. from uh first graphics or whatever so it was like the first four issues in color. And I remember just loving that and always drawing from it and, you know, being obsessed with Ninja Turtles. And then one day, in, I think it was like seven or eight, and the kid brought some Wolverine comics that Mark Silvestri drew. Yeah. And that was it, man. Like, I, I knew I wanted to make comics. Like, I wanted to draw comics and do all that stuff. So ever since then, I was big into drawing comics and then um, making my own little books. And then probably around early high school days I was I was still making my own comics and I got back into Ninja Turtles and because you know you go away a little while and you come back to it and I was heavy into like the indie side of them just you know paying more attention to the fact that they were like these two dudes that made a comic that turned out to it was like an indie comic it wasn't from the big two companies and Mm-hmm. They were making this by themselves and putting it out and people were loving it. And that just blew my mind. And uh, so I, I was heavily into just making my own comics and, and I got into like reading independent comics that way. And I've ever since then, I've really, I really support indie comics. Like I love all sorts of indie comics, not so much like superhero indie, but um, just indie comics that 
aren't superhero style, I guess. But this reminds me of uh, the Kevin Smith film uh, Chasing Amy a little bit. Oh, I love that movie. Yeah, <laughs> that, was big, that was a big one for me too. Growing up was Chasing Amy. It, it's a good hard. movie. I I yeah. like it. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Um, it was nice. Did you ever see a Jan Silent Bob reboot? Yes, I I yeah. saw it in the theaters actually. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to. Um, yeah, it was in like five theaters, and we're, I'm in the Chicago area, so it's like it's it was here. So I'm like, all right, yeah. let's go check it out. I ended up seeing it, and then uh, I I have another show, and uh, we we do like movie reviews and all that. So yeah. you know, we we went to go see it together, and after I saw it, I'm like, I'm just sitting there like, oh, I freaking love this movie. And one of my friends is like it's all right. And my other friends like, this is awesome. I'm like, it's, it's one of those things that it's like, if it hits you with like those little nostalgia beats and all that, then you're going to love it. But yeah. Yeah. For me, like I, I grew up getting into clerks. Clerks was okay for yep. me, but I really drew towards mall rats and then chasing Amy. When I finally saw that, like that was huge on me. And then dogma was good. You know, they're all good, but those two like Mallrats and chasing Amy were, were my two. And like uh, the reboot was really cool to see how they like tied all that stuff in and kind of gave you a little update on everybody. I thought that was neat. So as a creator, do you ever put uh, Easter eggs or things like that from the stuff that you love in there? Like um, we ever find like, uh, like uh, something like that you really like a, like a little, like oh look it's a ram sled or something like that from masters like in in your work like you ever do that um well i when i was a kid making comics in my you know younger uh high school days i would always draw this weird little like roach bug it was, it was kind of this weird little bug thing but i i've translated that as i make comics now and i always try to put it in somewhere in a book awesome but uh in the in my new book bounty bullfrog which is like a total homage and love tribute to teenage mutant Ninja turtles um i have a scene where like he's fighting these bad guys called the plague and uh they're falling into a sewer and way in the background you see a silhouette of like an Ninja turtle oh that's so cool yeah. and then there's an i have another part where he he's in a car trying to escape them and on the keychain is like a little ninja turtle keychain so that's awesome like, that's my little homages to them so it's like if, if you've ever read like an Osaki Ojimbo book you know there's always that little lizard that Stan Sakai puts yeah, in there yeah. so yeah. it's like and you like look for it you're like oh there it is you know yeah that's, that's so neat exactly it. that's exactly it so we gotta look for, we gotta look for the roach huh I did a um I did a kid's comic or a kid's book I should say um it was like a Halloween kid's book I made and I have the little roach bug in throughout the whole story Oh, that's so cool. Like part of the story. Because I, I grew up reading, um, when I was real, real little, uh, the Critters books. Do you remember those? Yes, I do. With Little Critter. And yeah. Um, yeah. You could always Absolutely. have like a little mouse and a little spider. Mm -hmm. and they were always somewhere on the page, like hiding or doing some sort of activity. So I try to incorporate that into the into my kid's book and into my other books, too. So. Yeah, I, I um I remember reading that to my kids. It's like, yeah, little critter cleans his room, or little yeah. critter, you know, is a spoiled brat or something. It's <laughs> we're reading that to my son right now, and we're teaching him how he's, you know, like there's the spider, and where's the mouse? What's the, there? He is. That's so cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I like those books. They they were fun. A lot of a uh, lot of stuff going on, like a lot of stuff in the background too. So yeah, that's interesting.
So um, let me ask you a little bit more about Bounty Bullfrog here. Um, so you said it's it's um, kind of an homage to Ninja Turtles. Where'd you get the idea for the concept? Um, it, it was just that. Like I was, so I was like uh, 14 or 15. And like I said, I was making my own comics. I was like freshman in high school kind of thing. So like I was diving like hard into um the Mirage Ninja Turtles comics. And, and, you know, back then you could buy them for like two or three bucks. Mm -hmm. You're like, Oh, what's happening today? Donatello made a mech suit and they're fighting vampires. Okay. Let me me go to the comic (laughs) shop and just buy issue issue three of Ninja Turtles for like 10 bucks tops. You know, Mm -hmm. like you could just do that. Now you can't, they're like three or $400. But, um, yeah, I, I just was really obsessed with that. And, I was reading like Lobo at the time was actually really cool. Like I, I love Simon Bisley's art. Lobo so, is never not cool. I just want yeah. to put that out there. Yeah. Anything, <laughs> so Lobo was cool. And um, so I, I think at that point I was reading like Lobo's back where he, yes. gets, he gets killed and goes to heaven and, and comes back and all these different styles. And it was really cool. And um so I was like, I wanted to create a character that was like a homage to Ninja Turtles and had the attitude of Lobo. And that's where I came up with Bounty Bullfrog. So um, I made Bounty Bullfrog when I was like 15. And it was just a very short, sweet, kind of, you know, 15 year old storyline kind of thing where like he owed this giant mole creature dude money and they're chasing after him. It's just something silly and stupid, but um I've, I've had it for so long and I, over the years i've tried to bring them back and it, it just kind of clicked during covid that like i want to bring them back like this is it this is the time let's focus and make this happen and so i, I kick-started the first issue back in september and then um it was successfully funded so that's I'm awesome to the second issue kickstarter yeah that's, that's oh, why i wanted to get you on you, I, yeah. I was looking you got a lot of good stuff going on um it, it looks like you've got the uh the summer of turtles commissions yeah you know, uh, the i like turtles <laughs> so and and i mean like everything that you're charging is like so beyond reasonable and i'm like wow really oh, i need to go yeah. up man <laughs> yeah i i was kind of surprised too because you know i i mean with like it seems like we're in kind of the same circles with like these, these online turtle groups and all that. So it's like, we, you kind of like, you know, other artists and I know other stuff like that, but I'm just like, wow, this art is amazing. And it's, and it's like, I don't want to say it's cheap, but it's like, that's a great value, you know, well, thank like you. a full colored okay. sketch. I'm like, that's fantastic. Yeah. I, well, <laughs> I'm trying to make sure I'm not like cheapening myself and Cause I don't, I don't like it when artists do that. I don't think they should. Um, you're you're making lifelong fans right now. Right. right. That's... I, I think to show a uh, commitment of, um, like, yeah, of a relationship. I'm trying to build relationships and I've definitely built a lot of new friends and, and, and contacts and people since COVID and, and I've appreciated all the support, but yeah, like um, I usually do a turtle Tuesday every Tuesday and um I try to do like a, at least two or three hour session where I'll draw stuff. And sometimes it'll be like little cheap five by seven sketches for 20 bucks or something. And it's just, it's just a way for some, you know, cause I love, I love seeing people's art. And if I could buy something that's reasonably priced that, that could get me something, 
um, at a decent a decent price that I would I would love to do it too. But yeah, Summer yeah. of Turtles is like um, a month long version of like let's do something every day in the month of, of June. I kind of got behind on some of them because of holidays and birthdays, like my wife's birthdays in June and my birthdays in July. And so we've kind of cross-sectioned right at the beginning of, of the month there. But, um, and it's like February for me, it's like, ah, everything's going on. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, so I like turtles is also like a, a collection. I try to do once a year. I started about three years ago where like, I just take a bunch of like pieces I've done, whether the commissions or prints or, or something cool and just try to put it into a, like a limited edition collecting book. And it'd be like, you know, I'm only printing this many and once they're gone, they're gone. And um, then the next next year I do another one. So, so we're on volume three, volume three, I'm probably going to start pre-orders in the next week or so. Oh, wow. So, so um, do you get a lot of uh, different commissions like for like DC and Marvel characters as well as turtles or is it mostly the turtle stuff? Well, um, it's mostly turtle stuff right now, only because like that's that's like what I'm, I'm obsessed with. But, Which is um, cool. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm I'm getting I'm getting work. I'm I'm not complaining. I love I love like oh, I got to draw turtles today. You know, like nothing like that. I love it. Um, but yeah, mainly it's mainly turtle stuff, and I'm I'm cool with that. Like that's what I want. Yeah. If, if I was a kid and someone's like, "There's a job," sorry, did that go through or did I? I think I, I, oh, there, internet issue. And I was saying if I was a kid and uh, they're like, it's a job, you get to draw turtles every day. And like people just tell you, okay, no problem. I'm in. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I am not complaining at all. It's, I'm very grateful, very grateful for it. Um, but yeah, it's mainly turtles. I, I've done, so the june into july now is the is summer of turtles and i've done stuff in the past where like i've done like inktober if you're familiar with inktober um inktober like um like tattoos no so um in the month of it's uh jake parker created this thing called inktober where like in the month of october to help artists kind of like do something cool every day in the month of october they draw and ink something oh cool yeah yeah so it became this huge thing and and still is to where like so every day in the month of October a lot of people do like horror stuff. So I started doing like horror pieces once a day and then that grew into I think a couple of years ago I did a month long turtles one and then after that I did a month long uh Marvel character one where people could request Marvel characters and then I would uh you know just draw them and whatever and uh I think I might do one for DC, but yeah, usually a lot of commission work is, is turtle related, but like I said, that's, that's great because I, I mean, I, I love some of the stuff that, that I've seen. Well, I love all the stuff I should, I should say that I've seen. I was looking at it. You had this really awesome Leonardo and um, Leo's my guy. Leo's my absolute favorite. So I saw it. I'm like, Oh, that is so friggin' slick looking. Yeah. With the, the one with him finding the Triceraton. That was, was that? the one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, it leaves me the next question. Uh, which one of the turtles is your favorite? I've always been a Raph guy. Okay. Always been. I like. He's not mad or angry. He's passionate. Absolutely. Yeah. That's how I look at it. Yeah. Raph is. It's funny too because like I talk to a lot of people and a lot of people like Raph for different reasons, but Raph is like 
that's that's usually like a like one of the top two answers you know and and um it, it's funny because he is the ladies man he is the the tough guy he's the the strong guy you know so it's like everybody wants to act like raf and all that i i look at leo like i always wanted to be like leo like i aspire to be like leo and and i really love those qualities that he has but at the end of the day it's like i'm probably more like mikey and don and raf but that's kind of like i want to be leo but you right, know right. so i i, I, I always look at it like the uh just the sarcasm i'm very sarcastic and uh you know i get very passionate about stuff sometimes so which is great i mean that's you know that's that's makes life interesting you know it's not you, you go through and you're like oh I, I i kind of like that i'm ambivalent it you know i'm apathetic it's like what does that get you you know like we're here because we're passionate about comic books. We're passionate about like talking about creations and in Ninja Turtles and stuff like that. It's like if you were just like blase about it, it wouldn't be interesting. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and and I mean it's it's nice too to like to be like I, I don't know how old, old you are, but like at, at our ages and all that, and we can look back on stuff like Masters of the Universe, which came out when I was like five, and be like, this is the most popular thing of this particular year. Right, right. That's really I cool. Turned, I just turned thirty-nine. Oh I'm well, yeah, congratulations! You're you're a year shy of of my age, so you, you know. But it's it's so cool because it's like I remember this stuff growing up, and Hemian was everything until mm-hmm. Turtles came out, and then oh, yeah. that became everything. Oh, yeah. And it's like that. That's like I I still haven't truly gotten over the Turtles craze. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's that's what hit me the most. Like I I got into some Power Rangers like the first couple of seasons, but. Um, and I still like I still like it, but it's not like I I couldn't tell you the different series or the seasons and stuff. But um, I did. It was I just did, at the it, end of that, so it's like it yeah, didn't it yeah. didn't strike me. So I'm like I'm like all right, it's cool monster. You know, yeah. it's like like, like I, I got into some of it, but it wasn't yeah. like it was no turtles for me. Definitely. Yeah, and and I th- I think it's it's one of those things like. I used to see it like I was in junior high. So by the time I got home, I think that was like just off. So I figured if you were a little bit younger, you probably would have been home and watching it. But right. I was like getting out of junior high school and coming home and catching like the last 10 minutes of the show. So I'm like, it doesn't really connect with me. I think it just comes down to timing, you know? Yeah. The Their crossover with the turtles was great though. That I, was, I never got to read that. Oh, I, yeah. I heard it was good. It looked yeah, good. Okay. Yeah. You know, Okay, you got my wheels turning here because I may have an extra set of that too. So I might uh, maybe I'll send you that. But yeah, it's um it's pretty it's pretty good. Like the art on it alone is fantastic. The oh story, uh, yeah, the preview art is all looks beautiful. Oh yeah, they're uh, later this year, I believe that they're coming out with action figures from that series too. I heard that too. Yeah, and that's gonna be pretty neat. I, I, did I don't know if seeing the the, co- the costume crossovers, they looked really nice. Like I think Raph awesome. is the Black Ranger. I want to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's. That's kind of interesting, you know. Yeah, I think it's gonna be fun. I I like to see the turtles crossover with a couple different more things. Um, I know we're we're seeing the Freddie Williams doing um the crossover with all that universe. All posting all the yeah. they got canceled, and I was like, no, that, that like, would have been, been so cool. Perfect. It would have looked so cool. He said he said his ideal crossover if he could do it would have been uh, He Man, Thundercats, um, Silverhawks. And I think like one other thing he had like mixed in there and he's like, let's see if we can make that happen. I'm like, holy crap, dude. <laughs> well, I mean, the He-Man Thundercats he did was great too. That was awesome. That I was only really... got to read a couple of those, but what I saw was beautiful. It's always... it, 
it's so good. The Injustice one was probably even better than that. Was it? Um, yeah, it's. Um, I mean, there's there's a point that um, you know Mumra is is working with Skeletor, and Skeletor is just like this desiccated, like, oh, I'm not, I don't have any power, I don't have any power. But it's a long con, and then he ends up stealing the power of Shazam, and it's like, what? <laughs> awesome yeah and and like if you can imagine what that looks like on on the page it it exceeds all expectations when you open up that book and you see you know skeletor with the power of shazam just like whoa so yeah and i love skeletor oh he's great um have you had a chance to watch like the toys that made us and all that oh yeah oh yeah that that stuff's really great i I, i'm a big movie buff um oh cool i'm one of those weirdos that like I'll be watching the movie and I'll be really enjoying it. And it might be like my third or fourth time seeing it or whatever. And I'll just sit there like as I'm watching it and be on my phone reading like the IMDb like trivia yep. facts and stuff, you know? Like, like, oh, where do I know this guy from? You know, like, yeah, yeah. Like, um, who's Stephen Lang? You know, it's like, oh, look, oh, okay, he was an avatar, you know? It's like, yeah. like I'll, <laughs> I'll read all that stuff and just be like, oh, this is cool. So they filmed that here and, or this is why they had to do this and stuff like that. I love reading that kind of knowledge. That's cool. My wife's just like useless knowledge. Useless. That's fact. that passion. That's that passion. <laughs> like, well, you know. Yeah, it's that that passion exactly. There, I, I can yeah. always tell when I come back because okay. your uh, your fan is moving again. So. Ah. I love it. This my my internet. I I have upgraded internet for uh, business and all that, and it, it still freezes. It's great. Is it me? All right. No, well, it's, it's not me. That's probably me. So. So um, we, we talked a little bit about turtles and all that. Um, so how did you how did you go about getting into like the variant cover biz and stuff like that? Because I, I know you've got a um, a couple, and, and I was looking at some of the accolades. Like, and and uh, I was really happy because I saw that you had Scout Comics uh, m- mentioned on there, and I love Scouts Comics right now. Yeah, Scout Scout's been putting out some some really badass stuff. Yeah, past couple of years and. I, not only is it just the comics they've put, been putting out, it's like they're, the way they've been like doing certain business um, models of like like promoting and advertising. Like I think it's really cool. Like um, they've got a, I think a, they got a box or something. It's called like um, it's like it's like the broken box or something where it's just like you for like twenty five bucks if you're just if you don't care if the books had bent or damaged in any way and you just want to read a scout comic, they will send you 25 random. Oh, wow. Comics. Yeah. For like 25 bucks. That's awesome. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. Well, they were holding a contest for, to like, for it. And um, they were trying to, you had to like write something to incorporate that into it. And I, I wrote something and I was one of the five people that got to, they, they, they picked my submission, so to speak. And they sent me a, a box and it's, it's awesome. Like, so I got like 25 random uh, scout comics and that's what I'm talking about. Like stuff like that. And the yeah. description service boxes they've got and like all, all that kind of stuff's really cool. But yeah, I really, really love what scouts been doing. I submitted to them for bounty. So we'll see if, if they, they get back to me. Wink, wink guys. 
Yeah, really. Yeah, I, that that would be a great that'd be a great match. I mean, there's there's all kinds of like independent companies right now that that have really fun things going on. I'm a big Valiant fan. Um, I mean, this is no secret to anyone that knows me. You know, um, I, I actually just did an interview with with someone about uh, um, Ninjak and Harbinger and Bloodshot and all that. So it's like I, I love those guys. Um, but like some of this other stuff, it's like really really interesting when when you're you're reading. And it's like, oh, they don't have an established um, universe. So it's like you're getting in ground floor. So yeah. you're trying to figure out what's going on. It's like, oh, well, does Bounty Bullfrog have a space with these characters? Maybe he does. Maybe it's a dimension thing. Maybe they're aliens. You know, it's, it's it'd be interesting to kind of see where that goes. I've I've set it up where I I introduce uh, four four kind of main characters within the first couple of books and. Um, what happens is like they will have their own kind of spinoff series where they can each kind of have their own little mini verse kind of connected to bounty and but all still be in the same realm but um I'm, i mean i'm just right now i'm just trying to just make it i'm not I like i've got characters to create a, a universe a giant universe but i'm not trying to ninja turtle it so to speak yet and I imagine that comes with time. That's not going to be oh, two, yeah, yeah. two issues, you know. What you know, and and um, I don't know how long was the first one. Was it? Um, I'm, I'm guessing it wasn't 22 pages, right? The, the first issue was uh, 28 pages. Okay. I'm I'm trying to write it now where um, I can keep it down to like 20 to 22, so I can get these books out a little faster awesome. than, than doing than doing that. And since I kind of know where I'm going now, because when I when I did the Kickstarter for the first issue of Bounty, it was kind of like, a, well, we'll just do like I, I hired a colorist, and I was just like, okay, let's let's do like the first six pages, six to eight pages. Let's post them up. Let's see if it'll gain any interest, and if it does, then we'll move forward with it. And if it doesn't, then I didn't make a whole comic wasting my time kind of thing because I've got like eight different ideas sitting on the shelf back there, and it turned out people really excited about it, which kind of was awesome. And um, so now I'm like, okay, cool. Now I actually need to write this and kind of really get this story flushed out. So um, there's been a, a, a big gap. What is this like six, seven month gap between the first issue and where we're about to do the Kickstarter for the second one. But I've been taking that time to actually like create a storyline and, and outline like story plots and story arcs and where I want to take it. So that way I'm not sitting there waiting months and months and months before another one comes out. That's great. That's so, so you have like a clear direction of where you want to go. Exactly. Cause like uh, I, I made a book called AI Wars and I was kickstartering that. And I was, it's like my love tribute to like Contra and Metroid. I love old N Nintendo video games too. Like I'm obsessed with that kind of stuff. You'll have to listen to the, when you listen to this episode, right? Um, my theme is based on the old Konami uh, Ninja Turtles music, so nice. it's it's pretty nice. slick. So I'm, I'm yeah. with you. I am with yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. Anything Konami was good in the in the Nintendo realm. Um, love Castlevania. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, so Metroid, uh, Aliens, and Contra, and I, I loved all that stuff. So I made a comic that's just kind of like a. 90s throwback that like action over the top 
crazy alien suspense kind of thing. And with that, it was kind of like that same thing where I like I put out the first issue and I was just like, I don't know where I'm going with this. And I had to sit there and flush it all out. But um, in the end, uh, Caliber Comics, which who is a big publisher in the late 80s, early 90s, mm-hmm. um, they, they've come back now and they've been publishing a lot of graphic novels. So they picked up that as a graphic novel and they published it in 2019, I believe. So... I, I was going to ask you about them too because I, I was thinking to myself that's not a name that I've heard in quite some time. Yeah, you know, and um, and I I mean it's weird. It's like are they still around? They must still be around. But so I, they, they they were really big on making you know like uh, this putting out like a ton of indie comics. Like there are so many big names now that like they got their start and somehow in some way working during like doing a doing something with Caliber. Like uh, Makes sense. Paul Pope's in there, David, uh, David Mack, um, Brian Michael Mendez, um, like the list can go on. Like it's Let's say the Matt Wagner was there at one point, I thought. Matt Wagner, I think he, he yeah. did a couple things. James O'Barr, yep. um, Tim Vigil. Um, I, I can just sit here all day. Philip has. Yeah, and, and that's that's a lot of the stuff that I recall reading, too. Yeah, yeah, the black and white old indie comics, and that's I really got into them from reading the old Ninja Turtle comics because it was like here are these black and white comics where it's just kind of stripped. You're not worrying about color, and you're not worrying about these flashy these flashy costumes or, or what's going on with this major villain. Like they gave you these storylines that were totally different and just like grit it was just a lot of grit and that's what draws me to like kevin eastman's style a lot oh definitely um and big i love peter laird's work but um the grittiness of of kevin's style is, is what i've always loved there's there's something about kevin's art and i don't know exactly what it is but it's it's like the way that he puts the the ink on the page or something like that where it's so distinctive like even more so than like like a frank miller or something like that you you can point out what what is like oh kevin eastman touched this like absolutely and i i don't know what the exact piece is because it's not like it's not like technically the best it's not like spatially or or like like anything like you look at it it's not like oh this is like textbook you know comic book style it's got this rawness to it yeah. And and like we we're talking about passion, it's like you can see that in his work. Exactly. Like everything that he does, it's like it's so distinctive and it just resonates with with like these fans. And I, I don't know, it's like one of those things where I have a book of Kevin Eastman art, like I, I just adore it. You know, um it's it's so good. Yeah. Yeah, I um I remember when I first met him, I, I the first time I ever met Kevin it was at San Diego Comic Con, I think like two thousand and two. And it was the only time I ever went to San Diego and I just happened upon the heavy metal comics booth. Oh, nice. And, uh, he had just put out, he was, I think at that show he was releasing, it was his autobiography or his art biography, whatever it's called of the, the turtles, the turtles biography book. Okay. All his original turtle stuff and everything just collected into this book. And it just blew me away. Like I still have a photo where I'm just with him. And my eyes are just like <laughs> you're like, ah! holy shit! I'm meet, I'm meeting Kevin Eastman. It was really cool. He's a, he's the most down to earth guy. From, he's super uh, awesome. Yeah, even today, even now, he's still super awesome. And like that's you get to interact with him anymore since you're you're working on the Ronin or um I've I've seen him at a couple of shows and I've I've said hi and you know I 
uh, buddy got to let me sit in on his private signing and I got to talk to Kevin for a hot minute right before COVID. Oh, nice. He was at a show and I got to talk to him for a couple minutes, which was enough, you know, of course my mind goes blank. Like, I don't know what to ask him, but I could, you know, I'm that's, gonna, that's I'm where you get, you're like, be like, damn, I should I like totos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what you get. I, my, I had a chance to ask one question. I haven't met him in person. It's, it just hasn't been an option yet, but um, you said you do, you're going to do an interview with him. Right? I am. Yes. Yeah. A uh-huh. um, couple, maybe about like 10 days or something like that. I got a scheduled interview with the man. I get, I get 10 minutes. So I have to think of all these questions I'm going to ask. I don't like to ask the same questions everybody asked. Right. So right. I, I, last year he had this, this huge thing going and um, he was doing like a Q and a for Halloween. I'm like, all right, cool. Let me, let me think. I'm like, all right, what, um, what music did the turtles listen to? what oh wow no one's ever asked that before i don't know and and that became like one of those things it's like because i like music you know i like the turtles i'm like well Mm -hmm. what would what would they like because i figure raf would like something different than mikey and mikey would like something different than donnie and like what's they're into and you know and he says he stops and he thinks and he's like yeah you know uh i bet you leonardo would like some sort of traditional japanese music something like that i'm like that makes perfect sense. Donatello's probably into like techno or some sort of like dubstep or something. Okay. All right. Um, Mikey, he likes classic, classic rock, mostly from the sixties, you know, stuff like that, like surfing music. I'm like, that checks out. Okay. And Raph is, uh, you know, either into, you know, rap or hip hop or something. I'm like, all right, Mike, you have answered my question sufficiently. I'm like, that is perfect. So, but it's just like, I'd rather know about like the characters or, or things like that, then, you know, I don't know. I'm not going to ask him about the Ronin because he can't tell me anything. <laughs> yeah. I, um, he did this interview for, uh, one of the comics magazines back in the day and I, I found it and I, I, I bought it and it is like, it's probably like a 30, 30 page interview with, about like wow. everything that he's ever done. And like, it, it was really cool for me because, um, it was, I was right out getting out of high school. So I was heavy on like wanting to make comics. And I, I started working at a print shop right after high school. So I like I was doing my print shop stuff during the day and the owner was cool enough to let me like stay at the shop at night and just kind of draw and, and make my own comics whenever I wanted. And um, that interview was so cool because not only did I get to see like the the Kevin Eastman who, who came to fame from Turtles, but it was like, what what happened to him after and like what he was doing with tundra yeah um like where where all the money went and what happened with you know putting his faith in people to do comics and they didn't show up and all this it was so it was really mind-blowingly cool so i like i've always whenever i meet him i always want to try to ask him something that's not turtles related for myself but i can never think of anything like right <laughs> off the bat and I'm just like uh you should make sure if you get a chance, ask him, uh, does he know about Bounty Bullfrog? Okay. Know. All right. We'll, we'll see what I, I can do. I'll be like, so uh, are you a fan of Bounty Bullfrog? Uh, excuse me? It's like, <laughs> it's not. You, you should be. You should be. Yeah, you definitely should be. So, yeah. Um, so what, what's the deal with um, uh, Kickstarters and all that? How is it? Uh, work for um, an independent artist like yourself is this the best way that you found to kind of get your stuff out there rather than self-funding and that's a good question yeah um so i will say when covid hit um and it kind of forced us all to kind of 
you know, make that decision. I think a lot of us were kind of all in the same boat where we wanted to make comics. We've been wanting to make comics, but doing shows is kind of when you're a full-time artist that sustains your, mm. your living and, but you know, you're only surviving the next show or the next two or whatever. So having COVID hit, it kind of gave a lot of us that chance to make the books that we wanted, we've been waiting, wanting to do. Like um, when 2020 was about to start, I had told myself, I was like, I'm going to do less shows. Like my goal is to do less shows and then just work on making comics. So be home as much as I can to make comics. And I didn't think that that wish would turn into what it did. <laughs> the reality. <laughs> the reality of just yeah. always being home, which is fine. Like I'm, I'm very easy homebody kind of person, but um, any comic that I ever could make it, Kickstarter was there for me. And um, like I said, when I did AI Wars, the first two issues I kickstarted and um, I was going to do the third and fourth, but the publisher didn't want us to like, inter like do too much like that. Um, now I've heard some publishers are okay with Kickstarters and some aren't, but uh, they, I've always put out like my kid's book. That was Kickstarter. I've done probably like eight Kickstarters and um, people are very supportive. Back then, it was very more like people are still learning about Kickstarter. But when COVID hit, um, you know, especially in the comics world, everyone found out about Kickstarter, and they they understood like, oh, well, this person's doing this, and and um, Indiegogo's, and like, yeah. what does this all work, and how does this all work, and this is very interesting, and um, so it's it's cool. It's really like it really got more attention because of COVID. And I knew that that was something too, where like I wanted to put something out and do something on Kickstarter. And I wanted to make sure that um, I was trying to take advantage of this opportunity of having everyone at home more who, who are going to be supportive of the book. And I think that that's why I did so well. Like, I think I was asking 6,500 and we ended up getting 8,500. Wow, book. that's fantastic. It was, it was fantastic, yeah. Um, I I did stuff where uh, people could die in the book. Some people could be characters that die or um, background characters. And That's uh, the dream right there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I to be to, drawn into the book? Yeah, I did this really cool... People who wanted to be back, background characters, um, that classic... Um, Futures past. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yep. With the, the, the deceased and apprehended sign. So That's I've got it. Bounty Bullfrog walking out of a bar and on the background, he's like light, he's lighting a cigarette and in the background is this giant poster of that and all the people who wanted to be background characters. So they're all in there. And um, I ended up getting to make trading cards and like um, pogs. I made pogs. You made pogs. I need to I get a pogs. Oh I my god! Um, give me, sh shoot me your address after this, and I'll send you some stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But, uh, I, I gave stickers and trading cards and mini prints and anything wow. good to kind of like offset the, the in a way to just say thank you. And I, I've I've had several people tag me and post just being like, "This is just incredibly awesome!" Like just the amount of well, stuff. Kickstarters are the best, so. man. Yeah I, yeah, I just did. I just did two, right? So, so for our podcast, I just had, um, you know, um, actor Jim Varney, right? He did Ernest. 
Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I read I read his nephew's book. His nephew was on the podcast and uh, and another podcast that I do, and uh, we were talking about his Kickstarter. He's trying to get a movie together from this book, and it's all about like the life and times of actor Jim Vardy. Awesome. Right. He's already he's already exceeded his goal, and you know they're trying to get like Billy Bob Thornton and all that in there. That's so that's like that's like a lot of money to get together to even be able to contact his people. So right. And then um, the other one I'm really excited about is um, filmed right here in Chicago area. Uh, it's an independent film. It's a fan film they're making called Casey Jones Livewire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was that so glad that that so got much fun. funded. Yeah, yeah, and I I met the guy who plays Kate. So Adam, I met him at a show at a local Comic Con because I stopped and I'm like, oh my god, that's an amazing picture of Slash that you drew, and it's like this painted picture with like um you know like Jackson Pollock like flecks of of uh, paint and all that, and I'm just looking through his stuff and I'm like, this is amazing, and he had an entire book that he turned into a coloring book of all masters of the universe stuff. And I'm like, dude, we are going to be fast friends. <laughs> and, I, and I bought all of those. Nice. And, and then, you know, fast forward like two years, I have a podcast and I'm interviewing him. I'm like, dude, I can't believe that we met at the DuPage, you know, uh, uh, fairgrounds comic-con show years ago. And now here I am interviewing you and you're going to be in a fan film playing Casey Jones. This is absurd. <laughs> it's so fun. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 really one of those cool things where like it's it's amazing to have these platforms available and um I it it goes back to what we were saying earlier about building relationships. Like mm-hmm. I've I've tried to make sure that like I'm I'm putting out the books when I say I I am and you know building that trust because you know Kickstarter and Indiegogo the, these are all built on trust. So, you know I, I think there's still a couple of books that I haven't gotten from previous people, you know, saying that, you know, oh, well, this happened and, you know, now we can't ship it and, or you don't hear from them and, you know, you take that risk, but that's another thing with me where I'm, I'm trying to build that trust that, you know, that Jason's going to deliver. He says he's putting out this book, he's going to make it. And as long as, you know, you keep people notified on like the status of how it's going exactly so you don't lose interest yeah yeah you're never going to be more interested in that project than the first day that you sign up so imagine if that's like 100 percent, and then then the next day it's 97 it goes down from there until you get that next email that brings everything back up it's like okay now we're at 85 percent interest again and it's like i can't wait to see what happens with this frog so you know it's keeping and that's the challenge with social media and all that keeping fresh content and stuff in front of the people and you know because you do sometimes forget about it yeah yeah you it's it is that whole you know we're built on if it's not in front of us, we forget about it. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're trying to constantly like keep it going and, and keep it in front of people. And it's a lot different than it was when, it, you know, in the eighties and nineties where there were certain, certain channels and that's all and certain TV shows and certain comics. And now that's like blown up even more. Like you had to know like the right magazines to order out of or something. So, right, right. you know, like, like maybe you would get a copy of Fangoria or you get a copy of like uh, heavy metal or something. And you're like, Oh, well in the back here, that's where I order all of my uh, Joe Barr comics so I can read the right. crow. And like, you know, it was like, or you had that one friend in high school who came in with a black trench coat and he's like, Oh man, I, I want to really want to turn you on to this series. Check this out. 
then he's like, all right, later I have to go play Vampire the Masquerade. You know, it's like, okay, later. <laughs> yeah. You know, so they, you have a guru, Gandalf, if you will. Everything's more noticeable now and, and you know, more accessible. So, yeah, you, you do have to kind of, like, step it up and, and keep in the, the eye of, of everybody. But um, I'm hoping I can kind of continue that with bounty so we'll, we'll see we'll see yeah and i i think everything that i've seen on it it looks really cool and interesting and i i like the insights that you said of how like you've got that lobo influence because lobo is never not cool yeah you know? i i i mean i did have like the same conversation that literally anyone who's ever talked to ron mars has had about how like you know um He's like, if I can go one day without someone talking to me about that Lobo versus Wolverine, uh, Marvel versus DC, then uh, that would be a great day. I'm like, I'm so sorry. It's just like, what else am I going to say? So, you know, like we, we had a little interview and just talking and, and he's like, man, they had a piece of a panel and like the whole page. If you look at it, there's like just two little panels of Lobo versus Wolverine. We had alternate stories drawn up in case the other one won and all that. I'm like, Oh, so there was a little panel that existed for art where Lobo actually won. I'm like, cool. I wonder wonder how that went, you know, was it like a flip of a coin or was it absolute landslide? Uh, Lobo lost by a completely huge margin. So and um, like he, he was saying, it's like they had the big panel of the art and he's like, I think it was like Hulk versus Superman in that issue, which took up like the majority of like the splash page and all that. And then you had like this little thing with Wolverine and, and Lobo and, and it was just like pasted on. Oh, yeah, I remember when that happened. I I only remember mainly like I remember like Captain America fighting Batman and I remember Hulk fighting Superman, but I, yep. I really remember the outcome or anything Hulk I remember when they did like cross the characters and like the uh what was it called avengers um, and J- jla no 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 like the imogula oh amel yeah the amalga um the amalgam. algorithm no it's a amalgam the amalgam yeah yeah those were really cool Dark like seeing awesome. the, the batman wolverine such like, a good book Jim Ballantrue, that yeah. that that one is awesome. I love that. That was some of the best Jim Ballon art that I can yes, even recall. Yes, yes. And I, I have um I have the first issue framed actually because I yeah. loved it so much. I had the cards, you know, all that stuff. But yeah, I I love I love all that stuff. Oh man, now you got me thinking. So so uh, Bounty Bullfrog gets the crossover with with one character from another company. It could be uh-huh. it could be Turtles. It could be not Turtles. Who would you want to cross over with? Well, see, of course, I'd I'd want it to be Turtles first. Like that would be my big thing because, like, I was big on uh, Creed from Trent Canuga. Oh my God, yeah! And again, it was these inspired stories of like that was know, a good little he was, book. He was in he was like seventeen making his own comic, and he was in Wizard Magazine, and he was like nineteen talking about it. So like that just made me go like I'm like sixteen right now, and like that's three years away. Like I want to make comics and publish them. He had so his own action he, figure too. Yeah, yeah. So when like when he caught the crossover with Ninja Turtles, like that even, that blew my world more because he did like, he did so also cool. cross over with Cyberfrog, just so you know. Right, right. He did. He re- he crossed over because it was him, Ethan, and Matt Martin at the time. They were all like uh, the Hall of Heroes or something. Oh, okay, interesting. Yeah, they were. They had their this own their own little company called Hall of Heroes that the comic shop owner was doing. And then Trent went and did uh, 
Creed. He got signed with Lightning Comics, which again was like some no-name company. And then I think uh, Ethan did Cyberforce with Harris Comics, who was doing Vamprella. That makes sense. Yeah. Then, then Matt Martin was doing Snowman with uh, First Entity Comics, who, who put out like Zen. Do you remember Zen? There? Oh, Zen the Intergalactic Ninja. I have yeah. I have several of those actually. Bill, Ma- Bill Mouse or Ma- is it Mouse or Mouse? I. I, I like that book. I mean, and yeah. it's so funny because they made an NES game of that too. And yeah, I, I remember, yeah. I yeah. just I loved the hell out of it. NES game. I mean, it was big. It had like toys and video yeah. games. And yeah. I, I liked it. It was, it was decent. And it's one of those things where it's like it hit in that ninja craze where it's yeah. like, all right, oh, yeah. everything's ninjas now. Like, like a couple years before that, it's like, everything's Australian, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I actually That's, I have one of my characters is his name's metal mantis. And he's a, uh, he's like, uh, I, I tell people it's kind of like a cross of um, like an Australian gra- uh, praying mantis in sight and Colossus. Oh, so, cool. Like or jacks, so like he's got the metal. He's got these giant metallic metal arms and like a praying mantis head, and he he talks Australian, and he's just kind of like this big dumb blocky guy. But he's like one of the main characters in the book. So. Oh, that's so neat. Yeah, I I like. I don't know if you've ever played Mass Effect, but there's there's a character called Garrus, and he's he's kind of like a giant grasshopper alien, but he's like a like a sniper soldier and all that. He's my favorite character in that entire franchise. I'm like, you, you could throw the protagonist out, anything like that. Every time I go out with a party, Garrus is in my party. So nice. I just love that guy. So yeah, I, I love those, those sort of like anthropomorphic stories. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is like, I've got like half and half kind of like turtles where it's just like, there's quite a few that are, are these like half breed characters and there's, there's going to be humans in it. So well, it's that not, grounds it, you know. Yeah, so, so like, kind of oh, like I can see yeah, myself in this. reality back. That was uh, I'm a big fan of the Dark Crystal, right? And that wow. was one of the big downfalls of that film. It had literally no human characters in it. Yeah. So you find most people love it or they don't love it. And and when Henson went to do um, Labyrinth, that was very important for him to have humans in that afterwards because of uh, Dark Crystal. So. And see, yeah. it's, it's stuff like that. See, that's stuff that I I love to know, like the knowledge, because it's like you know, we all we all have to fail in order to succeed. And mm-hmm. you know, he he wouldn't have succeeded. Like I love Dark Crystal. I I love that movie. So to me, it was great. But um, like you said, it's it's kind of a back and forth. But labyrinth. It's not for everyone. everyone. About labyrinth. You know. Yeah. I mean, everybody. Yeah, you have David Bowie. So like, what are you gonna? <laughs> You ever see the pictures of like someone sticking their hands between his arms to do like the fashigi? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so cool. I'm just like, wow. Like, he's not doing it. What? I'm like, he could do all that and play guitar. Wow, (laughs) that's pretty cool. I was just watching some Netflix thing, and they were talking about like behind the music kind of stuff almost, and they were talking about like one of the they recorded from start to finish and never had to take a second take on it and the only person to ever do that was david bowie that they did recorded a whole album like it's like prince started it <laughs> yeah yeah like i love prince i love david bowie and then i go to like nine inch nails or something crazy you know like totally in spectrum but um i, I love all those people but yeah david bowie was one of the first one of the few that ever did it from start to finish without having to record it twice and i was like 
That is definitely, and, yeah, and David Bowie used to play with right. Trent Reznor all the time from Nine Inch exactly. Nails. So, and Nine Inch Nails has a song "Reptile," right? So, you know, <laughs> is that? Um, do you have any sort of li- uh, like listening material or anything that you listen to to kind of get yourself jazzed up for drawing? Is there any like thing that you go to, like that um, you listen to? I, I, you know, people are gonna cringe, but I love emo music. I, I grew up with emo music, so. Um, I love bands like that and like indie rock and and uh so emo music I think of like Jimmy Eat World Dashboard Confessionals um, yeah well um yeah some some Dashboard Jimmy Eat World definitely um like My Chemical Romance yeah yep. Pierce the Veil stuff like that like um I was I was big into those bands and I can't get them out of my head so I, I listen to a lot of that. When I do my Trolls Tuesday, I try to listen to like something that's like very basic kind of no no lyric word stuff. That way it won't get flagged. And because when I post the video, I don't want like my whole thing's been muted, you know, because, you know, Warner Brothers, you know, stopping the music or something. Yeah, we, we did a video one time featuring um, Wilford Brimley's uh, music or something like that. And um, that was like one of the quickest things we had shut down on YouTube mm-hmm. because of the copyright for um, one of the songs that he was doing. And I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, they, they've they uh, every once in a while right now, like I'll get a message on Facebook and I'll be like, half your video has been muted and it's from like last way in the beginning of last year yeah. and I was doing like heavy, heavy live streams. And uh, I'm like, Oh wow. You guys are that backed up on, on like tracking down people's music. So it's, it's when, a- when you run a Facebook community, like Epic shells, you know, we, we see, we've only been around for, for a year, but you get like all kinds of things from Facebook where they're like, Oh, this, this doesn't meet our, our content. Uh, levels and you're like what then you look at it and you're like why are you taking this down like someone someone says like like oh i i love it it does this or something i'm like this is a positive comment i don't even so it's i don't know what their algorithms are or anything or so sometimes it just seems so arbitrary yeah i i've i've gotten a little bit better lately on on trying to pay attention to kickstarter i'm not kickstarter uh facebook and instagram because Mm -hmm. like it's just for a while there, it was like, all right, I need to like boost my numbers and people to see me and stuff like this. And now it's just like, I don't like, they keep changing the algorithm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And everything. It's not about like anything anymore. You have to get like, you know, someone to save the video and like this and share that and post this and post that. And I'm just like, I just got to make yeah. art and I'll post it. People like it. That's great. And let the art speak for it. To send it out with your, um, with your your farmville or whatever you're doing <laughs> like the uh, yeah. old days <laughs> farmville oh my i wonder, I wonder like uh, how kids are going to feel <laughs> about this because I, I have two teenagers who are not on social media and all that and they're just like oh it's so stupid what do you guys do i'm like well you know in the early days it started out with you could poke someone and and uh then i never understood the poking I, I don't either. It still goes on. You yeah, know, it still happens every once yeah. in a while. Like you have to like check, like oh, buried in there. Oh, this person poked you seven years ago. I'm like, oh, all right, great, cool. <laughs> and and I, I try to tell them, I'm like, yeah, there was there was the mafia war days, and then there was Farmville, and then there was Word with Friends and Wheel and Family Feud. It's like I remember all those. I never I never played that stuff. But I, I I do recall it. I do. Yeah, remember. I wanted nothing to do with any of this stuff for like the longest time, and then um, you know when 
my my uh, my wife at the time was like, oh, oh yeah, you should get on this so you can send me stuff. And I'm like, this is terrible. I don't care. And I just gave her my account so she could do it. I'm like, whatever. So, you know, what what are you gonna do? Yeah. But speaking of social media, where is the best places that I can have people follow you? So, um, good question, good question. all of those. Um, so, like most artists, uh, I, I have a Facebook and an Instagram and a Twitter and a, a blog and a Tumblr and whatever. I don't have a TikTok yet, but when I do, um, everything's just Jason Flowers Art. It's all one word, Jason Flowers Art. Um, so it's facebook.com backslash Jason Flowers Art. And then my website is um, jasonflowersart.bigcartel.com. And that's where I'll have like the, when the last uh, last Ronin issue five pre-orders will be, it'll be on my website. And then um, my I Like Turtle volume books and the Summer of Turtles and all that stuff or any prints. I mainly keep it to like my books and stuff. And I usually save the prints for like conventions, but. Which makes uh, sense. There's there's only there's a couple of prints still on my website. That are kind I haven't of, seen anybody doing Ronin prints yet. I, I don't know if it's just because uh, it hasn't been uh, con season yet, but it seems like it could, no be, it could be that. I've noticed a lot of people not doing doing mini prints. I'm I'm the same way. Um, I wanted to do a limited print run of the first the first cover, um, but I, there's been like very. I'm trying to figure out how to how to say it. Um, you gotta be careful what you're what you're selling that's related to like license work because it's automatically like IDW's work automatically when you when you do make it. So um, I've steered away from that. So I think we have to get permission first. So I'm, I may be able to do a print of issue five's cover. I mean, I I don't I don't know yet. So do you have a um... Do you have a list of uh, cons that you're going to be attending this year? Um, so the biggest one I'm probably going to do this year is uh, Dragon Con because I live in Atlanta. I don't know if you ever heard of Dragon Con, but it's yep. yeah, it's one of my favorites. I've been going since like '98. Um, the first time a lot of cosplay uh, there. Yeah, Jim Jim Lee was the the one the main guest for comics in 1998, and that was the first time I went and. He was doing Divine Right at the time. Oh, man. Yeah. And they asked him about that at C2E2 last year. Did they? Yeah, they're like, you ever going to finish? He's like, you know what? If it hits me and I feel like it, then I'll finish. So Don't, don't finish it. Don't. Finish. He's not going to. Yeah. It's... It wasn't. It was all right. I like I, I it was one of those image books I was tracking down and I bought a lot and and the lot yeah. instead of like the first 12 and i was like okay cool yeah i remember loving this book like, uh, <laughs> it looks great though i mean well, it's it looks like, great but the story's the great <laughs> story's just like i don't know um but yeah dragon con's probably the biggest one i'm gonna be doing some one day shows here and there um but mainly mainly close to home we'll we'll see what next year kind of like the georgia area yeah just yep just the Atlanta and Georgia area. I've got several one day shows um, throughout the, throughout the next couple of months that are in like Tennessee, Alabama, that kind of stuff. Florida. We'll see. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I, um, so no plans right now to come out here, uh, Chicago way for any of the, um, 
I've only I only usually come out there for like C two E two. Yep. And I know that theirs is at the December end. this year. End, yeah, December. But I, I don't know how I feel about that. Like I can't any say show that was ever in December, honestly, for me, was never a good show. So, you know, everyone's trying to recover from COVID and they're gonna put on a show in December. <laughs> I'm just like <laughs> like I, I wish them luck. I hope it goes well. Like I'd, I'd love to know that I'm, I'm wrong, but I haven't seen anything in terms of like who the guests are going to be or anything like that. But I right. mean, last time I could tell you, like it was 2020, like two weeks before shutdown and all that. I know. Probably the most people I've ever seen in one place in my life. That's, and that's what I heard. I heard it was like, I heard last year's, which I decided, or yeah, 2020s. I, I was like, you know, I'm not going to do C2E2 this year. And I didn't do it. And I had heard that, like, it was, like, so many people. They had never seen that many people in a long time. And I was like, yeah. But it, it was good. Got, I mean. My wife's got an autoimmune disease. So we were just, like, just to be safe. Like, we don't... And absolutely. You you know, it's there's no reason to put it out there for, like, a show like that where you have little control over it. And, and health obviously comes first. So right. So you, you got to be careful. So. So we'll miss you, but still, like, we know we can get you, you know, at your, your oh, yeah, website yeah. and all that. And as I mentioned, you've got you've got the Turtles commissions going on, and the price is, like, awesome. Like, that's the price point where it's like, dude, get two. You know, it's like. <laughs> well, then that just tells me I need to bump. I need to bump up. Well, I mean, I've seen a lot of people bumping their prices, and honestly, like, like I get it. But at the same time, some of them, like, really – and, and and for the record, I'm not telling you to go up. I'm I'm just saying it's like the value of <laughs> some like deal, a yeah. listener of this show. Like if you, if you look at the quality of what you're getting for what he's charging, it's really a good value. So well, with the with the summer of turtle pieces, I will say like um, normally, I mean the the summer of turtle pieces are seventy five each, and mm-hmm. that's usually just a penciled inked kind of like ink washed kind of piece i usually do on nine by 12 but with those i wanted to make sure that i was giving you everyone like something extra so like they i did add like color to it and i've added a little bit of background like i made sure that this these are like at least 100 125 pieces that they're getting for like 75 bucks yeah and they also get like a summer of turtle sticker and i'm doing like four little limited signed mini prints. And so like, they're going to be getting so much more just for this deal. And that's, that's what makes it this summer of turtles kind of thing. So, which is great. And because that's, I mean, it's so hot right now with, we, we've got what, like another month and a half before uh, the Ronin comes out. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's hot right now. Yeah. Yeah. Ride that wave, man. Got to ride the wave. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know, I, I just look at, I mean, I, I follow, follow turtle stuff every day. So it's like between like the NECA figures coming out and like the re-releasing the turtles in time action figure or oh. no, um, the, the video game, the arcade game. Not action. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I know that there's the new one that, that's supposed to be coming out. What's the new one. That's the, the new arcade turtle. Uh, the Bama Palooza or something or. No, 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 no. It's it's a platform game. Um, it's yeah. I know there's one coming out on Switch. I thought. 
Yeah, yeah, it's it's gone Switch. Shredder's they, Revenge. That's what it Shredder's is. Shredder's Revenge. Yep. Yeah, that one looks really cool. I'm excited. That's for gonna that. be really good. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Um, you know, but but it, like Turtles takes up so much of my day, so it's like, you know, I have my day job and then I have like you know Turtle stuff, so nice, which is nice. which is okay with me. So. Yeah, I I love. Yeah, that's the hard part is. I, there's half half the NECA stuff that comes out like I want it, but it's either delayed, and then or you can't find it at all in the stores. And yeah. people who oh. do find it want twice as much for it, and you're just like, like that, like that four trench coat set. Yeah, of them in disguise, man. About 125 bucks, I think, and it's it's yeah. a 99 dollar figure. So you know, I I spent the money to get the April. I, I wanted the April and I said, you know, I, I don't have a good April and all that. So I, I spent like 90 bucks after market to get the April and the foot soldier. And I'm like, all right, that'll be the one I spend the money on. The super sevens also the, yes. the ultimate figures, man, I'm, I'm excited for those. I pre-ordered the Mondo gecko. So yeah, every I got, day I, I look to Katie, see, uh, I, th- I think I got everyone, but Mondo to be honest with you. I, I liked him better than the um, than the NECA one because he didn't even have the skate on his tail. So right. this one, I'm like, this one's pretty cool. And I'm a big Mondo guy. So yeah. if, if I, I was going to do Muffman. a Turtles commission, I would probably ask for Mondo. Nice, nice. I did I did just do a couple of Mondo on, nice. the, on the Turtles. But uh, yeah, Muckman. I love Muckman. And Everybody, I like that one better Muckman's than the incredibly Muckman. popular. Yeah, I love Muckman. And... Uh, the, the Casey Jones looked really good for the ultimate. Yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah, and um, even the even the mutagen man, which I thought was an mm-hmm. odd choice, but yeah, I mean, you know, people love that's, him. Well, that's what made those characters so great. Like that's what got me into like Toxic Crusaders and all that other stuff. Yes. Was like just how these these like giant mutated weird looking characters, and you're just like as a as a little boy, you're like this is cool. Even now, I'm like this is awesome. And uh, just the neon colors, like they 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 really hit it all, like really great with all those figures. I'm I'm with you. I I spent um, the most of COVID trying to collect all of the Universal Monster Turtles. So now I'm only oh, missing yeah. the the mutant monster alien Raph is the only one that I'm missing now. Yeah, that one's that one's a good one. Um, I had like years ago, I bought the Creature from a Black Lagoon one of Leo. Like yeah, that, that's my favorite, actually. <laughs> Creature in Black Lagoon is one of my favorites. You can't see it on my shelf, but I've got like a whole giant shelf. A buddy gave me oh, nice figures, and um, it's just Creature's my all-time favorite. So. Yeah, he's he's the coolest design. So yeah, when the I saw Gil that Man. One, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna need that one. That's so cool. Well, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna thank you for um, coming on at this point, and uh, just because we're we're running a little long, and um. Just uh, if you could one more time tell everybody where they can find your Kickstarter for uh, the Bounty Bullfrog. Yeah, yeah. So um, if you don't follow me on social media, find me on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter under um, my name, Jason Flowers Art. It's all one word. And um, I'll be releasing the details in the next couple of weeks on whether or not it'll, it's going to be either the end near the end of July or I might just push it to August to give myself a little more breathing room in terms of promoting. But uh, issue two of Bounty Bullfrog will be coming out on Kickstarter. And um, yeah. yeah, and look out for my last round of number five cover coming near the end of the year. 
I am going to be super excited for that one. I, I've got to find the first push to the November. Is it November? Probably. Or December? Probably. It's, I know four just got pushed to September, so it's got to be at least no, November or December. So I didn't realize they pushed it that far, but yeah, yeah. beginning of September or something. Well, it gives me more time to pre-order. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm okay with that. So it's all right. I, I have uh, probably too many coming anyway. So what can you do? But um, thank you so much, Jason, for being on. And uh, everybody, stay tuned for uh, next. Uh, we'll do our uh, pizza time pizza recipe of the week. Thanks for having me. It's pizza time. And now in a segment that we call Pizza Time, where we discuss any Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle or pizza-related food, I give you Pizza Time. Hi, everyone. After speaking with our favorite variant artist, why don't we look at a variant recipe for pizza? This one is called Crazy Corn and Bodacious Bean Pizza. Makes one 12-inch pizza. Whoa, dude. This is like the fiesta in your mouth. Make some black bean puree for use on taco night or as a dip for tortilla chips. It'll keep in an airtight container in the fridge for up to three days. Ingredients. Cornmeal or flour for dusting. Two tablespoons of extra virgin olive oil, plus more for greasing. One 15.5 ounce can of black beans, drained and rinsed. One garlic clove, crushed. One teaspoon of ground cumin. One teaspoon freshly squeezed lime juice. One half teaspoon lime zest. Two tablespoons of water. Big pinch of salt, one pound ball of pizza dough, homemade or store bought, right? One cup fresh, frozen, or thawed corn kernels, three quarters cup shredded Monterey Jack tea, cheese, one fourth cup crumbled feta cheese or queso fresco, and finally, one tablespoon of chopped fresh cilantro. Lighten it up, dudes. Use whole wheat dough or low fat mozzarella to lighten up the pizza recipe. Instructions If you're baking on stone for versus uh, steel. Place your baking stone in the middle rack of the oven and preheat to 500 degrees Fahrenheit for at least 30 minutes. Then turn the oven to broil. Dust the pizza peel or inverted baking sheet with cornmeal or flour. If it's a baking sheet, preheat the oven to 500 degrees Fahrenheit with a rack in the middle position. Lightly coat with heavy-duty rimmed baking sheet with olive oil. Step 1. Toss the black beans, garlic, cumin, lime juice, and zest olive oil, water, and salt into a bowl for a food processor and blend everything together until the mixture is smooth and uniform in color. Taste and add more salt if needed. Two, stretch the dough and roll, stretch or roll the dough into a 12 inch disc and place it in the prepared pizza peel or baking sheet. Step three, scoop the black bean puree onto the dough and spread it out in an even layer, leaving a half inch border around the dough. Step 4. Scatter all the corn and then the jack cheese. Step 5. Shimmy the dough from the peel to the hot baking stone or transfer the baking sheet to the oven. Step 6. Bake until the crust is golden and the cheese begins to brown in spots. 6 to 8 minutes on the baking stone, 10 to 15 minutes on the baking sheet. Step 7. Remove the pizza from the oven, let it rest for 5 minutes. Sprinkle on the feta cheese or the queso fresco and the cilantro and then slice and serve. All right, thanks, dudes. Hope you enjoy your crazy corn and bodacious bean pizza. Thank you for listening to the Epic Tales from the Sewers podcast. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were created by Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. This podcast has no affiliation with Eastman, Laird, IDW Studios, Nickelodeon Studios, Archie Comics, or any other Turtles properties. This podcast is a member of the Epic Sewers podcast network. Be sure to check out our other great shows, some turtle-related, some not. Thanks for listening.
Epic Tales from the Sewers is recorded by Justin Cooper. Cowabunga, dudes! Hey there, this is JB. And if you enjoy Tales from the Crypt, then check out my show, Tales from the Podcast, where myself, and usually a very special guest, sit down to discuss the TV show, the films, the animated series, as well as the original comics. So check me out every other week on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and of course, at TalesFromThePodcast.com. Thanks for listening, kiddies. You're all a scream. (laughs) Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. We have very active lifestyles. It's not all wandering the countryside aimlessly or scaring passing motorists. And we all love a good cup of joe. And there's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds Coffee is my guilty pleasure. Bold, robust, delicious. It's coffee that can wake the dead. (laughs) With over a dozen different roasts and flavors, Deadly Grounds can satisfy the most finicky of coffee addicts. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. Terrificon, Connecticut's number one Comic-Con is back at Mohegan Sun on July 30th to August 1st. Meet actors and superheroes. Shop for cool stuff. It's three days of Comic-Con fun. Terrificon, Connecticut's number one Comic-Con at Mohegan Sun, July 30th through August 1st. Learn more at Terrificon.com.